If you find that you're always staying on one path a little too long, staying with one direction a little too long, staying with one product a little bit too long, even though your intuition is telling you it's time to let it go, then it's time to listen to your intuition because that's what all my most successful friends do. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another mini episode of For the Love of Money, episodes that I like to call My Two Cents. And today, I'm going to share with you 10 things that I've learned from having really, really successful friends. Now, one of the things that's really cool is I have very intentionally built a tribe of really kind, really successful, really enlightened, really determined, really high-level human beings. I get to call some of the most incredible people in this world friends. Now, that in itself is a really cool privilege and one I never take for granted. But more than that, it's something that I continue to take note of and watch what is the common thread between all of their habits and the way they live and the way that they make decisions. And I'm going to share with you 10 of those common threads that all of my very, very successful friends share. Now, successful is such a subjective term, right? Everybody has a different opinion of what success looks like. And so just for the sake of this episode, when I say successful, I'm saying the combination of being you know, monetarily very successful. All of these friends um, make upper seven figures or lower eight figures. I mean, happy people. So they're not making money at the expense of their happiness. I mean, healthy people. So they're not making money at the expense of their health. You know, they're not the guy that you see on Wall Street grinding out 100 hour weeks that's 100 pounds over, overweight. You know, I don't, I think someone like that, there's more we can learn what not to do than, than what to do. No, I'm talking about if you follow me on Instagram at Chris W. Harder, the people that you see me hang out with, go to dinners with, travel with, do all those things on a regular basis. And you probably say things like, wow, to be a, a fly on the wall of that conversation. Wow, to sit at that dinner table. Wow, to you know share that Airbnb. I can only imagine the conversations that are had and the things that are discussed. And that's what I'm going to share with you now is what are these common traits that they all share? And I should say that we all share, but this is outside looking in on them is my perspective on this. What are the common traits that they all share that have made them so successful? So I'm going to share 10 of them. Here's the first one. Number one, they all build their parachute on the way down. Now, let's be very clear here. They don't just like launch a product or launch a company and run out of the gates with no plan. They have a plan, but by no means is it a complete or safe parachute upon launch. They don't get stuck in perfectionism. They actually understand that action creates clarity and action creates feedback. And so part of their plan is to jump off the cliff and continue building that parachute on the way down. If I had to continue to use this metaphor, they'd be jumping off the cliff with maybe an outline of a parachute, maybe the framework of a parachute, and maybe a lot of the materials they think that they're going to add to this parachute, 
but they are literally assembling this thing on the way down as they're testing what's working and what's not. I cannot think of a single successful friend that plans in so much detail, that plans so far out that they think they have everything close to perfect upon launch. Nope, it's the opposite. All of my friends, when I sit down and really think about this, they all jump off the cliff with a framework of a parachute and they build the rest on the way down. So what can you learn from this? Well, number one, are you one of those people that gets paralysis by analysis? Do you suffer from perfectionism? Are you afraid of judgment? Are you afraid of failing? Are you afraid of not knowing what to do next? Well, listen, we all are. Except the difference between those who are wildly successful and those who are not is we're stepping into that fear, jumping off the cliff anyways, and just figuring it out as we go and adjusting on the fly. So that's number one. Number two is related to that. And it's what I just referred to. They're always adjusting on the fly. They're not married to one path just because they said that's what they were going to do or where they're going to go. They're not stuck on one piece of advice just because they thought it was true in the moment. No, all of my successful friends, 100% of them are adjusting their plans and their trajectory sooner and faster than you think. They're not afraid to walk away from a product that might still pay them really well, but doesn't serve them anymore. It's a big difference between a product that pays you and serves your happiness. They're not afraid to walk away from those products. Lori, my wife, has walked away from those products before. Many other friends of ours have walked away from seven-figure revenue products simply because they just didn't serve them anymore. And they knew they had the, the, the sureness within them that they were going to figure out what was next. They didn't necessarily have the replacement in the moment, but they weren't afraid to burn that bridge in order to propel them into motion towards their next thing. So number two is they're always adjusting sooner and faster than you think, and you need to be as well. If you find that you're always staying on one path a little too long, staying with one direction a little too long, staying with one product a little bit too long, even though your intuition is telling you it's time to let it go, then it's time to listen to your intuition because that's what all my most successful friends do. Number three, they're always investing heavily in growth. And this is growth in all ways. It's like they're always investing in growth in all ways. You can almost phrase it that way if you wanted to be cute about it. So things like the obvious, they're trying to grow their email lists. They're trying to grow their customer databases. They're always investing in you know, far more Facebook ads and Google ads and forms of media and advertising than you think that they are. And there's a clue. When you walk into an event, and you say, wow, look how much revenue they're making. When you see somebody launch a course, you say, wow, look how much money they made. When you see somebody selling a product and you say, wow, I heard that they did $100 million in sales this year. What you forget to look at is how much they're reinvesting in growth. How much are they spending in advertising? How much are they spending in customer acquisition? So all my most successful friends, they're always reinvesting heavy, 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 heavy in growth. Not just in customer growth, but also in personal growth, in self-development, in retreats where they go away and unplug and get recentered, in social media hackers to help grow their social media. In team, this is the most important one. They're always hiring for where they're going, not for where they are. And they're not afraid to add to their overhead, even if it scares them to add the right teammates to get them where they want to go. And this is one of the areas where people 
underinvest. We've been guilty of it for quite some time. Is underinvesting in team growth. You have to hire for where you're going, not for where you're at. But number three is they're always reinvesting in growth very heavily in all ways. Customer acquisition, eyes on what they're doing, personal growth, business growth, social media growth, team growth, 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 growth. So that's what you should be investing heavily on. Number four, they're diversified, but not scattered. They're diversified in their assets. They're diversified in their income sources, but they are not scattered. So in other words, they're not starting five things at once. They're not doing four things kind of well. What I've noticed is this. When I look at all of my most successful friends and I write down their income sources, I've come up with this. They seem to average three really good income sources. That seems to be the the key number so far. They seem to average three really good income sources. And they think in two stages with these income sources. They think in stage one, and that is income generation, and stage two, and that is reinvestment of that income into growing a larger asset. And they're not starting something before the first one has gone deep. They're not getting impatient with their income sources. They're not doing the shotgun approach, hoping that they hit something. Instead, they are very focused on multiple but not scattered income sources. And three really good income sources seems to be the common thread. Number five, they are absolutely concerned with what you think and what other people are going to say and what other people are going to think of them, but they take action anyways. So here's a little myth busting. I think people watch all of those who are doing brave things out there and doing what you wish that you were doing. And I think a part of you says, wow, I wish I had that bravery or I wish I had that support or I wish I had that courage. And the truth is, they care just as much as you do about what other people think of them. They're just as afraid uh, as you are about other people judging them. And trust me, all of my wealthiest, most successful friends have gone through some really, really tough times where people will pile on and, and try and rally people against them and the whole nine years. So it does happen except they take action anyways. They're just as scared of you of judgment, but they take action anyways. And that's what separates them from everybody else. It's that one extra step through the fear that most other people aren't willing to take. Number six, they are on time. This one is really important. We were just on vacation with some very successful friends of ours. We went to New York for four days together. Uh, did a couple meetings together and then had a lot of fun together. And here's one thing that we hold each other accountable to. When we say we're going to meet in the hotel lobby at a certain time, when we say that the Uber is going to come at a certain time, when we say we're going to do something, we honor it and we are on time for each other. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. How you show up with your punctuality absolutely tells each other how you're going to show up in a business deal. Are you going to quote a number, but just kind of come close? Are you always going to underachieve just a little bit? Or are you going to make sure that you are delivering what you said you're going to deliver every time? And in this case, it's manifesting in being on time, both for meetings and for just fun things, 
And that common trait cannot be overlooked. I look at every single one of my very, very successful friends and they run their calendars down to the minute. And they run everything appointment by appointment by appointment. There's no like, go with the flow and let's see what unfolds today. Nuh-uh. I don't buy that. They run their days and their schedules with intention. And we, when we tell each other that we're going to be somewhere, we are there on time. We put the burden on us to be there on time. We don't blame things like traffic. We don't blame things like forgetting something. We don't blame any of that. We mitigate those problems ahead of time to be on time. Number seven, all of my successful friends have really weird rituals. I mean, really weird rituals when you get let in on the inside of their life. Weird habits, weird mantras, weird meditations, weird quarterly trips that they take somewhere to get filled up again. Weird routines, weird morning routines, weird evening routines. Here's one of them. Every time we get together with this, this one set of friends, we'll sit around, create some time, we'll sit around and we have to go around the horn one person at a time, focusing on just one of us saying, here is the, uh, here, here's what I see in you that you're good at and here's what I see in you where you're going. Now, when's the last time you sat around and did that with your friends every single time you get together? Now, listen, if you see each other every single Friday, I don't mean every single Friday, but I'm talking about the really successful friends that we seem to to see maybe four times a year. We will carve out the time to say, hey, listen, I've been watching. Here's what you're really good at right now. And here's where I see you going. Because people need that reassurance. And I'll be honest with you, when you're at the top, when you're climbing the mountain quickly... Very few people are pouring that into you. And it feels really good to have somebody outside looking in saying, hey, I see you doing this and you do it really well. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. This is one of your superpowers. And this is where I see you going. This is the trajectory I see you on. But that's just one of many, many weird rituals. Number seven was this. They have very weird rituals. From their morning routines or their evening routines to what they do when they hang out together to how they get filled up again. So if you're doing stuff that you think is really, really, really weird and people poke fun of you for it or they say that's that weird meditation that you do or that weird mantra that you say or the weird whatever it is, stick with it because it's what's setting you apart and it's what sets my very successful friends apart. Number eight, they make physical fitness and health a priority. They make Now listen, I might rub some of you the wrong way here, but they make physical fitness and health a priority. They carve their schedules out around their workouts. They all do different types of workouts, but they all work out and get exercise every single day. They choose better foods than the average person. They take supplements that they know make them better compared to the regular average person out there. They do really bizarre things like go away to get stem cell injections and they invest a lot of money in it. They have recovery practices on a regular basis, like cryo and float pods and red light therapy and IVs. They make physical fitness and health a priority. Why? Because they know they have to feel good in order to do well. They know that how they show up in a manner that makes people say, wow, that's a healthy individual, opens doors for them. They know that we live in a world where fair or not fair, people who appear to be very healthy are automatically uh, given more doors, more doors open for them automatically than people who do not appear to be healthy. And so they make this a priority because what good is a life with a lot of money or a lot of freedom if you don't have the vibrance to take advantage of it, the health to live it out? 
So number eight was they make physical fitness and health a mega priority. Number nine, this is a big one. My wealthiest friends, and I'm including my nine-figure friends in this one, my wealthiest friends, my most successful friends, they don't spend as much of their money on nice things as regular people do. Let this one sink in. Now, I'm talking on a percentage of net worth and a percentage of income based here. They do not spend as much money on nice things as regular people do. Give you an example. People that make hundred grand a year, they're out there buying $2,500 or $3,500 Louis Vuitton bags. I'm not judging. I'm just using math as a comparison here. Now, if you make hundred grand a year and you spend $3,000 on a bag, that's 3% of your income that year. Let me tell you, my friends that are making $10 million a year are not spending 3% of their income on a bag or bags. The percentage of income that we and that they spend on nice things is far lower than the percentage of income that regular people do. Why? Because we know how valuable that income is to reinvest in growth, not in just things. There seems to be a sweet spot that all my most successful friends spend in. So you might look and say, well, wait a minute. That's not true. I see your friends have Ferraris. I see you have an Aston Martin. I see you guys live in beautiful homes. I see you. Except what you're not doing is saying, what is that percentage spent compared to our income and our net worth? So let's just use Lori and I, for example. Sure, we've got two multiple six-figure cars sitting in the garage and we live in a beautiful home. But the cars that we could be driving and the home that we could have are 10 times more epic than what you see us have. Sure, we wear nice clothes, but we don't go on these massive high-end spending sprees of stuff that just sits in a closet forever. The percent of income that we spend on nice things is far lower than the percent of income that regular people spend on nice things. And that's a common trait to take note of. And number 10, all of my most successful friends, the best of the best of the best, they all share this common thread. They all have a coach or belong to some form of an elite level mastermind at all times. And many of them both. So we were just traveling with great friends of ours in New York and we're talking about, hey, you know, which masterminds are you going to be a part of next year? And who, what coaches are you going to hire? And what coach did you have in the past that you liked? And you know, would I be a good fit for them? And, and you know, what are their areas of expertise? These are the conversations that we have when we're all hanging out together. I don't have one single friend who is making multiple seven figures, eight figures, or has a nine-figure net worth who doesn't at all times have a coach that they reached for or a mastermind that they reached for, or both. And so if you don't have these two things, that's the clue. And now, here's kind of a bow I'm going to put on all this. Because one of the things you might be thinking is, well, sure, I'd love to be in a mastermind or have a coach if I could afford it. Well, sure, I would love to spend less of a percentage of my income on nice things if I made more money. Well, sure, I'd love to buy better, healthier foods and better supplements if I had the money. Well, sure, I would love to, um, you know, what else was it? Grow in all ways, spending more money on Facebook ads, email lists and team and social media hackers if I had the money. Well, sure, I would love to be able to take the risk of just walking away from income sources that don't serve me if I had the money. Do you notice the trend here? All of these things 
that we all share in common, we didn't do these things after we were successful. We did these things in order to become successful. These were the common traits that made us successful. I will repeat them for you one more time. The 10 things that I have learned from having really successful friends, the 10 common traits are number one, they build their parachute on the way down. Number two, they're always adjusting sooner and faster than you think. Number three, they're always reinvesting in growth in all ways, always. Number four, they are diversified, but not scattered. They seem to average three really good income sources. Number five, that was number four, sorry. Number five, they're, they're concerned about what you think, but they take action anyways. Number six, they're always on time. Number seven, they all have very, very weird rituals. Number eight, they make physical fitness and health an absolute priority and they build everything else around it. Number nine, they don't spend as much money on nice things as regular people do. And number 10, they all have a coach or a mastermind or both at all times. There's not one single one of them that doesn't. So hopefully you can now look at these 10 common threads and say, how many of these am I doing and how many of these am I not doing? And this becomes the answers to the test. You're listening to this podcast because you want to know how to become more successful and lead a better life, have more financial wealth and abundance, have a healthier, wealthier, happier life than you do right now. That's why you listen to this podcast, have a more thriving business. We're giving you the answers to the test right now. If you could be that fly on the wall at the dinners that we go to, if you could hang out and spend the weekends with us in the hotels and Airbnbs that we do, if you could just hang out in these circles on a regular basis and study, okay, what are they doing? I'm going to mimic it. Well, I just gave you 10 of the most important answers I could possibly give you that 100% of my most successful friends do and share as common traits. And so if you want to add any of these to your life, then get out there and just do it. Don't delay. And I'd also be remiss if I said, if mastermind is on your list, if coaching is on your list, then reach out to me because I am now starting to fill my elite level mastermind for people making over $500,000 a year. And I'm also opening up two one-on-one coaching spots for people who are making over $500,000 a year. And all you have to do is go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind and apply for the mastermind there to get on the waiting list. So when we start doing the interview calls to see if you're a good fit, to see if we're a good fit for you, that you'll be high up on that list before we fill all the spots. Go check it out, fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. If you're making over $500,000 per year, we're going to take you into the multiple seven figures. And if you're not quite at that range yet, don't forget, we also have offerings for you. Continue to stay tuned and watch as we reopen some of those. But in the meantime, whether it's learning from us or learning from anyone else, I urge you to take action and add these 10 common traits to your life. Because when you do, it's when everything will start falling into place for you. You know what happens then. When good people make good money, they do great things. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.